Next on BYU Sports Nation, the NCAA delivers another blow to BYU basketball. Star Yoli Child suspended nine games, but why? ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis to help us dump on the NCAA and the nonsense that is that ruling. Plus, Kalani Satake, one-on-one with post-BYU football training camp scrimmage. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, August 12th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with who I believe is a future Olympic volleyball broadcaster, Jerem Jordan. That, that would be awesome. I would really love that. I would like to be voice of the Cougars when Greg Rubel is done. And uh, if that doesn't happen, maybe I'll go try the Olympic. Call Team USA Volleyball. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm fired up today. Uh, most days I come in here and I'm trying to have a good attitude. Today I have a terrible attitude. I have a bad attitude today. And I'm very excited for the next hour. We're going to have Jay Billis on to talk about the Yoli Childs news. But we'll get to that in a second. Is it a terrible attitude to have you fired up? I don't know that being fired up is necessarily a bad attitude. I like this version of Jerem Jordan. I'm ready for I'm this ups- version. I'm really upset. I'm ready for I'm this upset. version of Jerem yep. Jordan. Plus, uh, aside from the Yoli Childs news, and I know that that is the clear headliner, you went to the BYU football scrimmage on Saturday and went one-on-one with Kalani Satake. His thoughts on fall camp thus far and why he thought it went really, really well. So some good news amidst the really negative headliner of what happened with Yoli Childs. Oh, yeah, football. I'm stoked. But basketball, uh, no. Jay no, Billis in roughly 40 minutes. He's going to go off on the NCAA, which is nothing new. And this is a return trip for him. Speaking of volleyball, we're going to show. Oh, yeah. He's going to set it up. Spike Spike it, it, baby. Inside the three-meter line. Spike that baby down. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Here are the details of Yoli Childs. The NCAA suspends him for the first nine games of the season due to signing with an agent before filing the necessary paperwork. The official NCAA release states, and I quote, The NCAA determined that Childs signing with an agent was impermissible due to the fact that he signed before filing paperwork required by the NCAA. End quote. Understandably, Yoli is disappointed with this ruling. I'm super disappointed that that I'm not going to be able to play in these nine games with my guys. Uh, it hurts so bad, but I know that we did the right thing in coming out with this. And um, if I'm if the, if they said I couldn't play the whole season, I would be here and I'd be the greatest practice player ever because I love this school and I love this team and I'll do anything for these guys. Credit to Yoli for handling this uh, with a lot of class. Yeah, he also received expenses not permitted by the NCAA. So it wasn't just the paperwork, it was more than that. But yeah, the entirety of training will be spent on uh, the Yoli Child's topic. Football practice number 10 Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, which included a scrimmage. Kalani Satake, what did you like? But I was really encouraged with what I'm seeing, especially the physical part of our team. I think that's going to be really exciting for us when these guys take the field, and um, we have to build on that. Highlights mentioned from the practice included some physical runs from running back Tyson Williams, some deep throws to freshman receiver Keanu Hill. More reaction from the scrimmage in about 30 minutes. Practice 11 is today. Taysom time in New Orleans. 
The quarterback for the Saints went 8 for 14, 80 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Six carries for a team leading 45 rushing yards on Friday night in the Saints' 34-25 preseason loss against the Minnesota Vikings. That's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to see him play quarterback. And then uh, enough of this nonsense, you know, like when Drew Brees is the guy, yes, just get on the field. Preseason is the time for Taysom to be a quarterback. Yes, and then they can say, okay, after Teddy Bridgewater, we can have you be the backup, maybe. And Taylor Cole threw a scoreless one and two-thirds uh, for the win in the Angels' 12-4 dub over the Red Sox. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Childs, please say it ain't so. BYU basketball's top player suspended nine games, but why? We went through some of the details. Here's more from Yoli Childs. There was some confusion with this new process, and uh, I made decisions that uh, have, have caused an outcome that, that none of us like. And I just want everyone to know that my, my intent was never to do something wrong. You know, I was trying to do the right things. I was trying to do things the right way. I was going through this new process in the way I thought you were supposed to go through it. The NCAA has dropped the hammer on BYU basketball again. Jaron, what's your reaction to Yoli Child's nine-game suspension? Really disappointed and upset. And uh, let's talk about where, where we go with this. First off, Yoli Childs goes pro, and he doesn't, according to Yoli, understand all of the rules, right? Who does? So, well, the agent is supposed to, right? Shouldn't the agent? Shouldn't BYU compliance be able to walk him through? There wasn't a BYU coaching staff to kind of help him, per se. So, the, you know, that was tough. I, I get that. But he, he came back knowing there might be some issues. Not only does he pay back, he, he does the paperwork he needs to do, whatever. He pays back any money he got that he wasn't supposed to get because certain things could be paid for and not, and he was confused on that. Not only does he pay them back, he pays them back with 7% interest on all of it immediately. So then the NCA says, okay, we have all the details. BYU is very open and honest, as they typically are, right? And what happens is it's a nine-game suspension. Are you kidding me? Why is it nine games? Nick Emery received a nine-game suspension. It feel, Yeah, and totally separate situations here. What Nick did is more severe than this, in my opinion. Exactly. Right? So and, why the same suspension? Nine still felt like a lot in that. Nine games is 28% of the season. What are we doing? I am very upset with this. If you're not a blue blood, you're made an example of. I don't, I don't understand why BYU or anybody would ever be completely open with the NCA. Why do it? All they're going to do is make an example of you. BYU tries to balance being, quote, honest in their dealings with their fellow men. Integrity. And keeping up with the Joneses. Everybody's on steroids. Are you, I'm not saying BYU needs to be dishonest, but, but if, if they're not asked, you don't have to tell. That's how I would proceed from now on. And Yoli Childs was honest to a fault in this. He wanted to be completely open. He had an opportunity, if he wanted, to be dishonest and come back and have no issue. He chose to be honest. So I... I commend Yoli Child's integrity, but I'm really bugged by the NCAA yet again blowing up his senior season. He came back. Don't you want guys to come back? I am so bothered by this. Now, if it was one or two games, okay, three, maybe, nine, that's a joke. I understand the NCAA wants to send a message, and they want to make an example of these rule breakers. But what message, what point are they driving home? 
hey, here's a kid who wants to come back to an NCAA basketball team and finish his season and get the degree and do all of that stuff. He wants to come back. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. What is the point of sending this message? This is very different than the Nick Emery situation. This isn't a kid that went out and took impermissible benefits and had boosters helping him. This is an entirely different situation. So I understand that they wanted to send that type of message like, hey, we're not going to stand for that stuff. Sure. We're not going to stand for boosters stepping in but and it, helping this. Right. This but, is more confusing. Exactly. Why Why the same suspension to a kid who clearly wanted to do the right thing? Yoli was not trying to do anything wrong. So what's the point of suspending a kid that is wanting to do the right thing and was open? It was like, hey, uh, it's a moving target. Uh, the coaching staff's out. Rules are changing, it seems like, by the week. What, what's the point of suspending and punishing a kid who was trying to do everything the right way. I don't understand this. There's no mercy. Okay. Then what about the Blue Blood College basketball teams? Yes. Like, North Carolina and Arizona did things that were way more egregious here. We're, we're talking about stealing a few dollars versus, like, murder in the law, right? There's a huge difference. You broke the law, but that law is more severe. Uh, UNC and Arizona weren't, weren't punished to the degree that this guy is? Come on. If they he, held every school to that type of standard, then those schools would probably go through the death penalty. Yes. He immediately changed his behavior. He paid it back. He was very open. And you heard him. He came back knowing there could be games or an issue, right, with the NCAA, and he still chose to come back. He could have gone pro, and we wouldn't be talking about this. He could be making six figures and in Europe and whatever, or in the G League or whatever. He chose to come back. And now, BYU is in a situation, we'll talk about it in a second, where their at-large hopes uh, are affected, right? But nine, nine games is a joke. We're going to talk to ESPN's Jay Billis coming up in about half an hour about what he thinks about it. This was a college basketball viral moment. There were lots of analysts, Jay Billis and Fran Fischilla and... Uh, Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman and uh, lots of people weighing in on this. This is an absolute joke. I think BYU compliance probably could have walked him through this. Maybe. Is that their job? I don't, I don't know. The agent definitely didn't do his job in this process. Could, sh- I don't think that Yoli should have to know every little nuance of everything. There was a situation where Yoli... Didn't know he could stay in a hotel, but he stayed like an hour away just to obey the rules that he thought were in place. At a friend's house. That he thought were in place. Now, now, it's just tough. It's just tough. The rules changed. This is the only year that this is going to happen, by the way, because they're, they're going to change all the other rules. Now, the Rich Paul rules are in place for agents. You got to have a degree and blah, blah, blah. A degree doesn't mean you're not a crook or a good, doesn't mean you're a good agent, Right. This is a really tough situation, and, and uh, BYU has already appealed and didn't get anything out of that appeal. BYU traditionally opens its doors to the NCAA. Whenever Huge there mistake. is something— Don't do it. Don't do it. If you don't have to, don't do it. why keep doing it? This because is like—okay. This is ridiculous. Here's my example it's there, and then, we'll, and then we'll move on. Like, you're playing church ball, right? You're supposed to be, like, honest. It's participatory. If there are refs, I let them call the game. Now, if it was off me and the ref points down there, I have a choice, Right? I can be completely honest and say, you know what, that was off me. Like in a church ball situation, yes. Like, whatever. If it's, not, if it's like a real competitive game, I'm not going to say, yeah, that was off me, it's your ball. I'm going to let the ref do their job. Well, maybe and you the don't ref, know. Maybe and, you don't know. No, but in this situation where I know, I'm going to let the ref do the job. 
Let the NCAA do their job. Listen, if Yahoo Sports and Dan Wetzel and those guys come in here and they dig up the details and whatever. You remember Sotgate a couple oh, yeah. years ago? Oh, yeah. Nothing came out of that. Nothing came out of that. <sighs> Let the NCAA do their job. And if they don't, no big deal. Like, I'm not saying be dishonest, but I'm, not, I, I'm saying you can be omissive sometimes. Say, okay. Here's come, B- come find it out. Here's BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope on his reaction. You know, I would echo Tom's comments that we're incredibly, incredibly disappointed for, for this sense, is that you're not going to find a young person anywhere that, that is, is tried so hard to do things exactly the right way, um, knowing that there were going to be complications coming. And I just, you know, for me, I just feel like that's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the, the model guy that you want to be around and you want to coach and want to have in your program. And, and not certainly, Yoli will be the first one to say that it turns out that he did make some mistakes, but they run intentional. And, and so here's where we are. What's the point, NCAA? What is the point? Make an example of this guy? And there's no way they're not feeling the backlash of this after the national outcry of sorts in the college they basketball. They don't change. They don't change, but they... So what's the point? <laughs> what's the point of... Uh, oh. It's frustrating. Okay, topic two. When the dust settles, it's all about what BYU can do now with this team this season. Do the Cougars still have much of an at-large bid shot now? Well, we thought they were an NCAA tournament team with Yoli Childs in play for the entirety of the season. Like, we think, okay, he's there. We expect them to go to the NCAA tournament. Now, this is like LeBron James missing 28% of the season for the Lakers in an overly crowded and competitive Western Conference. So it's like, will they make the playoffs? I don't know. LeBron's not playing 28% of the season, so their chances certainly aren't better. This is a significant shot at BYU's chances. Not saying that they can't win a few of these games without Yoli Childs, and who knows? Maybe they rally. Maybe this is the rally cry. They're inspired. They win a couple of these games. They have some good opponents at home. We don't know how the schedule's going to shake out. Maybe BYU beats a team that's better than we think they are, and they have a good resume. So I'm not going to completely rule it out, no. But this is a significant shot. If we thought BYU was 85% an NCAA tournament team with Yoli Childs, maybe now it's a toss-up. Maybe now it's a 50-50 situation. It stinks. It stinks that BYU's best player has to miss nine games, and within those nine games are some serious potential resume builders, notably the Maui Invitational. How do you feel about BYU playing UCLA and maybe Kansas without Yoli Childs. That stinks. I'm with you. I think it goes to kind of a pick em situation. The first nine games include some very important games, and the non-conference schedule is not officially out. We do know that he's probably going to miss, like, Houston and Maui and kind of depends on where, like, Utah State on the schedule. When the non-con comes out, you'll find out what that 10th game is and when he begins, but... It's also this. BYU has three front court players on the team. It's Gavin Baxter and Colby Lee for the first nine games. Dalton Nixon, you can play at the four. Zach Wilson's a stretch four. But BYU's uh, in trouble. They're going to have to go small. Zach Selyus might have they, to play the four. So mag- sports are about matchups, and Yoli Childs was going to be equal to or better than most of the front court players that BYU would go up against uh, in the on the season. I, I think he's right there with most if not all of the, the teams that BYU would play. So this is tough. BYU still has talent. Like you said, perhaps it's a rallying cry. Nine games is a long time to have a rallying cry. Um, that could happen for a game or two. But 
Yoli Child said, I'm going to be the best practice player I can be if that was what it was going to be. And now he is for nine games. I, it's just tough. BYU may have to pull off what St. Mary's did last year. Go into Vegas, get hot, win the one game. That's what's nice about the tournament formats. One game, you don't have to be great for a series or even one football game where it's actually harder. One football game is harder to pull off than one basketball game, in my opinion. So it's, it's tough. I, it, just, it just puts a real damper on the beginning of the season. I know the team is not going to let it affect them, but in terms of realistically what their hopes are, it's a significant challenge to overcome this. It kind of feels like a 50-50 situation now. If Yoli Childs, when he gets back, can help BYU win any remaining games on the schedule that are quote-unquote tournament builders, okay. But then you're still probably facing a scenario where you have to beat St. Mary's at least once and you have to beat Gonzaga at least once. I think regardless you would. Yeah. And he's going to miss six of the 15 non-conference games. He'll catch the last six and then he'll jump into league play. Will he be up to speed at that point? Will he be uh, have some digression based on missing those nine games? You hope not, but missing the first nine doesn't help you. Now, BYU is going to Italy, I believe, uh, this week, um, and they're going to play four games in five days. Huge. Everyone can play, by the way. So Yoli can still participate. He can still, uh, I guess I'm not sure in the exhibitions, but I would assume he can. It's that that regular season opener where it begins those those nine games. So back-to-back years, BYU goes in without a starter. This time it's your best player. And it's just tough. Again, BYU's having to play with their hand tied behind their back, and this time it's uh, it's the good old NCAA's fault. Thanks. Yoli should have known some of the rules, sure. But he's not. he shouldn't have to know every little stinking rule that exists, right? The agent should help him, BYU compliance, the BYU coaching staff that wasn't there, wasn't absent. The will of accountability is an interesting conversation. Yeah, it's tough. For sure. Now, regardless of how fired up we are and how much of a fail we think this is on the NCAA's part, Yoli Childs, to his credit, has stayed positive. Oh, incredible attitude through this. And he believes that regardless of this, it will be a magical season. And in March, when, when everything is coming down to the line, we're going to look at each other as brothers, and we're going to be like, you know what, we did something really hard, and we made it happen. Because everything I've said before, I believe. I refuse to not let this be a magical season. Nine games isn't going to stop that. Nothing on this earth is going to stop that. But whether it's injuries, whether it's challenges outside of basketball, nothing is going to stop this from being a magical season. I refuse to let it happen. The belief is clearly there. He's, I think because he's not upset or mad that I'm trying to be more upset or mad because I, I want him to be to more bothered. Instead, he has a great attitude. He's positive. That soundbite was incredible, right? Here we go. Our question of the day. How does the Yoli Child suspension change your outlook for the upcoming BYU basketball season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Moser BYU in on Instagram. I'm 50-50. We will find out from day one how this team handles adversity. If they can band together, they can be great. It all depends on how they react. And that's life, right? A lot of things are going to happen to you. How are you going to handle things when you don't get what you want? That's really tough. This was a 19-win team last year that adds a new coaching staff, adds Jake Toulson. Can they be a 25-win team and be interesting? That's the question. See, I thought BYU would be a 21 or 22 win team 
with what they had coming back. Then they added Yoli Childs, and it was like, okay, now they're back into that 25, maybe 26 win category. And will the schedule be good enough, and will BYU win enough quad ones, quad twos, and so on? That's the question. Now they'll have to battle through some of those without uh, Yoli Childs. Coming up, ESPN's Jay Billis joins us to talk about the nine-game suspension of Yoli Childs. Uh, We're going to tee him up to rail on the NCAA. I'm excited. And, oh, yeah, BYU football is still happening. The first scrimmage of training camp on Saturday. Jerem Jordan one-on-one with Kalani Satake. Does the offense feel like they're already more explosive? And what does Kalani think of it? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Brackenell Bakery is let loose at Football Photo Day. Uh-oh. This will be rated PG-13, I think. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We are collectively fired up. I tell you what, NCAA... You bring back NCAA college football with EA Sports, <laughs> and maybe we'll take our foot off the gas a little bit. I played over the weekend. I think we're good from 2014. I would rather have Yoli Childs have one or two games suspended. Oh, yeah. I'm not, or, or none. I'm not saying it all is forgiven. I'm just saying may, maybe we won't go as hard as we have been going. You give us that game back, may, maybe we'll take the foot off the gas a little bit. Anyway, college football is back. Kind of. We are under three weeks from BYU and Utah kicking off the season against each other in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU hosted their first scrimmage of training camp on Saturday. Jerem Jordan one-on-one with the head ball coach, Kalani Satake, to recap it all. All right, Kalani, uh, scrimmage in the stadium, always a special place to be uh, as opposed to the outdoor practice field. How'd it go today? Really good. I mean, I I think uh, be able to watch the film and probably dissect it a little bit more, but I'm uh, just really pleased with how physical our guys were. And um, and then, you know, with you're looking at the fundamentals of football, the way we blocked and tackled and and uh, just did our fundamental part of the game, you know, with ball security and everything, I thought it went really, really well. So, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if one side had the upper hand on the other, but um, for the most part they are physical on both sides and a lot of great uh, decision-making by everyone, so specifically with the quarterback. With under three weeks to go, do you feel like you could play this game, you know, today, or do you need the prep leading up to that? No, we'll need the prep. But I mean, I, for the first week and a half, I was. This is. Uh, I'm really excited about it, you know. But uh, we'll use all the time that we have, and and um, I'm, uh, that we knew going into it that we'd be at this position, and I'm just really excited about our players and and. Uh, a lot of the new guys that are that are going to be here too uh, made a, a great impression on me, especially in the live part of the of the scrimmage. The bowl game was certainly a wonderful way to end the season. What's different about this team than last year's team? I think a lot of the we have a lot of young guys on this team, and but they're young and have some experience. You know that makes any sense that we have sophomores that started as freshmen or saw us significant playing time, and so. This isn't really all that brand new for them, even fall camp. And with the offense being a little bit more familiar, I think uh, everyone's starting to ease into their roles. And even those that are, are trying to get a, trying to gain more responsibilities, I think this is a great p- position for them to, to compete and try to earn more playing time. It's, it's, uh, I, I just like the way the culture is forming on, on, our, on our team, and I like the way the guys are gelling and, and that the leadership starting to step up. And um, This is... Uh, I'm just really excited that the coaches don't have to do much of the, the driving, you know, and the and the uh, 
the you know explaining and all that that's done already with the players and it's been been really fun to watch where does that come from where did that kind of organization and, and motivation and leadership come from was it the frustration of losing utah was it uh, just more seniors these guys where where is it from no i mean we've been trying to work that since since we first got here you know we're um really trying to let the, the players feel like they have a huge impact in in, in the program and and uh with a lot of things rather than just the, um, you know, the uniforms or things like that or the travel sweats and the shoes. I think just letting them be involved in a lot of the decisions that we make and the things that we do. Obviously, we, we do it with um, with myself and, and other coaches that are guiding away, but you kind of see what's important to them and what they think we can work on. And, and uh, they have a really good feel uh, a heartbeat on the team. They understand where we can really improve, and it's been really nice to have coaches that, that and then players that can really work well together and have great feedback. And, and uh, you know, we make each other better that way, and, and no one gets offended. It's just nice that the guys work hard and and get better. And I've, I've been really pleased with the progress we've made so far. Talking with Kalani Satake on BYU Sports Nation, you've been very open the last three seasons about wanting a more explosive offense. Do you feel like this group is getting closer to what you've wanted? I think I said it before. It's like the cowbell thing. I can't get enough of the explosive plays. So I don't know if I'll ever be happy unless I see. I don't know, ask me when we start doing it a lot, and then it's like I think we should take a break from being explosive. On our, <laughs> should I say, are you happy now? Yeah, it's like oh, we've had enough. No, but I, I, it's one of those things where you just you just keep promoting it and promoting it, and and hope that it comes along because. Uh, a five-yard throw can be an explosive play, depending on who's blocking and who's who's uh, who's running the ball. So, um, I think if those guys just know that we need to be more efficient and more effective on the field, that everybody's um, their responsibility matters. A block down the field can spring a ten-yard gain into a touchdown, things like that. And and uh, I think everybody's starting to really take ownership of it. And we'll see if it, if it plays out that way when it comes game time. To a certain degree, the quarterback dictates the personality of an offense. Hopefully it's in sync, right? But do Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall lend themselves to perhaps a more explosive offense because of their ability? Yeah, and I think that, that they're, uh, that's their mentality, you know. They, they, they wanted to be here and, and to make big-time plays, and um, I'm just thankful that they're really aggressive with it. And um, they're, they're guys, they're young guys that aren't afraid to, to say something and talk and tell a senior where they should be and put them at people in their place and that makes my job a lot easier you know so I think uh, yeah I'd love for everyone to take the uh, the personality of our quarterbacks because I think they do a great job and, I, and I'm even talking about the whole group Joe Critchlow, Baylor Romney, Rhett Riley those guys are all do a great job and and, and you know with in combining with uh, Jaron Hall and and uh, with our boy Zach Wilson so uh, I've been really pleased with that group and the leadership that they provide as a position group more than anything. How's the health of the team at this point in camp? Um, we're not 100% healthy, but that's part of it when you scrimmage and you practice so much. Um, but I don't think it's anything too bad except for the one um, problem that we had, the one uh, with Hank that we lost for the season. That was unfortunate. and not, It's really what didn't have any contact, but... Uh, we'll, we'll get him the best care we can get, but I think everybody else is kind of. We should be still um, open to get to the game on, on uh, you know, in August 29th, but we'll see. I, I think that that's still a little bit more than two weeks, two and a half weeks away. So we'll see how it go, how it goes, and how we progress from there. We're in the stadium. We're under three weeks to go. Are there are there emotions that start to stir in you when you're in here, knowing we're so close? Oh yeah, always. I mean, I think um, you know. 
comes to mind is when um, stepping stepping on the field as a coach with with Ty Detmer and with um, you know with Ituyaki and Ed Lamb and the, that was awesome, right? But and you think that you kind of get used to it, and that was that was in 2016 when we stepped on the field. Just feel this wonderful feeling here, and um, it hasn't really changed any. You don't get used to it. It's just a it's a great feeling to be on this field and. You know, we had some time to talk to the team a little bit yesterday, educate them on Lavelle Edwards. Believe it or not, some of these guys weren't even born yet when I was playing, so I feel really old. <laughs> but I, I know that a lot of them um, probably know the name of Lavelle Edwards, but um, I thought it was important that they know the type of person that he was and um, give them a little bit of history on, on who, what the things he did, the impact in not just college football, but um, the BYU community and the church and the school. It's been it's been a really cool thing for the guys to see. I think they appreciate Lavelle and, and his name and then the fact that they get to play in the stadium named after him and, and uh, who's a great mentor to me, and I, I love him and his, and his family. You know, so I, I want our players to appreciate them the same. Well, good luck the rest of camp. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Get healthy, stay healthy, and uh, we're excited for August 29th. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. Go Kooks. Kalani Satake, a bit subdued. But it feels like he's just more focused. I think he's keeping it low-key so that when BYU's good, he's like, yeah, see? No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, if BYU beats Utah in the first and, and is really explosive on offense, but it's better to go up than, like, come down from expectation, right? So we'll Ask see. Utah about expectations. Yeah, let's hope uh, that's just an epic disaster. Coming up, reaction to the Yoli Childs suspension from ESPN's college basketball analyst, Jay Billis. And what happened at BYU football's fall scrimmage on Saturday? How about some details? Who stole the show? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Monday. We're feeling good. Obviously, we're feeling fired up. But the energy is good, right? The energy is good. And here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The NCAA suspends Yoli Childs of BYU basketball for the first nine games of the season due to signing with an agent before filing the necessary paperwork. The official NCAA release states, the NCAA determined that Childs signing with an agent was impermissible due to the fact that he signed before filing paperwork required by the NCAA. Now, we also learned that he took some financial help ruled impermissible. That child's paid back with interest, by the way. 7% interest. <sighs> Hi. Football had practice number 10 Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, which included a scrimmage. Kalani Satake said this about it. But I was really encouraged with what I'm seeing, especially the physical part of our team. I think that's going to be really exciting for us to, when these guys take the field, and um, we have to build on that. Practice 11 is today. More takeaways coming up in a moment. Taysom Hill of the New Orleans Saints playing quarterback. 8 for 14 passing for 80 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Six carries for a team leading 45 yards on the ground in a Saints 34-25 preseason loss to the Minnesota Vikings. And Taylor Cole threw a scoreless one and two-thirds innings for the win in the Angels 12-4 dub over the Red Sox. Okay, let's get back to BYU football and the first fall camp scrimmage. Obviously, we're interested in what the running backs are doing. Lopini Katoa, Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Supa. There's your top three, by the way. That was established on Saturday. Who's the guy? Hey, Tyson Williams stuck out on Saturday. Ask his head coach. Tyson Williams did really well today. Yeah, he, he, uh, I had him break the team because he, he stuck out, and he's starting to feel more comfortable. 
in the program, but also I think he's earned a lot of um, a lot of uh, I don't know as far as looking at legitimate ways of being a leader. I think the guys respect him. All right, Tyson Williams and Lopini Katoa, along with Emmanuel Supa, yes, the top three, but it feels like it's a Lopini Tyson type duo in the backfield. Yeah, for the top two, uh, Isupa is big. Yeah, and he's ready. Those two guys, Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa, are exactly, and this, this is what has been said by the staff, exactly what we were hoping they'd be. They've come in, they're ready to play right away. They're leaders, even though they weren't in spring, they don't necessarily know the playbook completely yet, right? But they're, they're in there, which is exciting because. Pioi's getting a guy that was a uh, top recruit out of high school, a guy that's bounced around a little bit but wants a chance to prove himself, and now he can uh, in a tough schedule on ESPN for the most part. Who's going to get more carries in game number one? I don't know. It might, might be equally distributed, but... Whoever's running it better, man. They, yeah, again, Or whoever's catching it out of the backfield better. I think BYU is going to implement the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Like That is the check down for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I hope not. Because that means the ball's going down the field a little more. Sure, but you got to beat yeah. the blitz every once in a while, and that's a nice way to beat the blitz. Right? Yeah, I hope there's not a lot of catches by then. That <laughs> means you're getting down the field. Sure, okay. What about the wide receivers? We've talked about the core five, okay? The three seniors, and then Gunnar Romney's another guy that's coming on strong that is an underclassman, but now there's the emergence of a guy named Keanu Hill who might be able to fill in for what Neil Pau was going to give BYU in terms of production. Here's Jeff Grimes on the newcomer Keanu Hill. Keanu Hill in particular um, is a guy that has, has uh, really shown some ability to make plays. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you call it a scrimmage and you come into Lavelle Edwards Stadium, some guys get a little bit nervous and don't perform as well as they could. Other guys maybe step up their game even a little bit more. And it looks to me he's that kind of guy. Okay, is Keanu Hill going to make himself a bigger part of this BYU offense in the fall of 2019? So far, so good. Apparently had a a good scrimmage. Uh, The media wasn't allowed to watch it. But he played at a high school where he was a receiver on an option team, so they didn't throw him the ball a ton. So uh, he didn't get like highly recruited as a wide receiver, say, nationally. But this is a guy that apparently, as a freshman, is what BYU was hoping Gunnar Romney, Romney would be last year. And we saw some moments with Gunnar, but he was hurt a little bit. Keanu's dad was a, a good college football player. His uncle's Roy Williams, who played in the NFL at receiver. Yes. So he's got the pedigree, played in Texas in big-time college fo- or, uh, high school football. So perhaps he's in the mix. You need, you need uh, a series of guys, and uh, some fresh blood is always welcome. Right now it feels like he's the sixth guy in that wide receiver's room. You have Aleva Hifo, you've got Micah Simon, Talon Shumway, Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, and Keanu Hill. Okay. And he's 6'4", 210. So he's not like a little slot guy. He's a, he's a guy that can be physical on the outside. Let's just play football already. Hit it. Countdown to the youths. 17 days. 17. Two and a half weeks. People, we're almost there. Can you believe it? Two weeks from Thursday. Coming up, three Cougars are headed to the Olympics next year. We'll tell you who. And surprise, surprise, Jay Billis making a return to BYU Sports Nation is not a fan of how the NCAA handled the Yoli Child situation. We're going to hear from the man himself next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio. Check out the best of BYU Sports Nation. It's on BYU Radio on the podcast feed as well. I always enjoy listening to uh, what they chopped up at the very beginning. Uh, some of the 
craziness, the fun, the nonsense uh, from the week. It's fun listen. Oh, I know my sister listened because she's like, I didn't think you were on Saturdays, but I heard your voice and I was really confused. <laughs> like, what? You work on Saturday? You're like, well, during the season, I work on a lot of Saturdays. Yes, yes, we work a lot of weekends. <laughs> so at least one person was listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Good. Welcome back with our question of the day. How does the Yoli Child suspension change your outlook for the upcoming BYU basketball season? Eli Manet answers on Facebook. My initial reaction was to feel nervous for this team in the preseason or in the non-conference without him. But seeing his selfless attitude and desire to help the team in any way possible, I'm confident that they'll be able to rally together. Yes. Is this a rallying cry of sorts? For sure. Just nine games is a lot, right? You get 31 regular season games, and then you get one in Vegas. That's the guarantee of the season for BYU basketball is 32. Nine games is 28%. 28%. We're all hoping that he's at least with BYU, for the majority of those in-state rivalry games, right? Yes, and when the non-con comes out, you'll find out you know, what games he misses, what he doesn't, um, and it's just a bummer that he's out at all, let alone nine, ga- nine games. I know. I keep saying it because I'm incredulous as to why it's that long. Jade.hisk answers on Instagram. I think it'll really help some of the other key players to step up in those early games. It will certainly help their development, but that's, I was hoping not to have to do that, right? The point of Yoli Childs coming back is to play. It's not to sit out for nine games, but he'll be there when you get to the meat of uh, conference play, obviously. He's going to play the last six non-conference games. Remember, BYU used to play fewer non-conference games, but the Gonzaga rule, I mean, the league said uh, (laughs) that they want to play two fewer conference games. So BYU only plays uh, everybody, uh, seven of the nine teams twice, and then two you play once. Now there is this growing conspiracy theory that non-Blue Bloods are treated with harsher penalties by the NCAA. At JTracy2511 answers on Twitter, the NCAA did this purposely to keep non-power conference teams out of the tournament, but know exactly what they're doing. It has nothing to do with rules. BYU, stop reporting. That's what I said. There's no reason to tell them everything. Why? Why? I know that BYU wants to, quote, be honest in their dealings with their fellow men, but you also have to keep up with the Joneses, so that's tough. That's a tough balance, right? Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, ESPN College basketball insider and analyst Jay Billis. Jay, nice to have you back on the program. Thanks for the time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Well, I wish it were under different pretenses, but yet here we are, and uh, BYU fans, along with much of the college basketball world, kind of shrugging their shoulders at why. Why would the NCAA give Yoli Childs a nine-game suspension? What was your reaction when you first heard the news? Well, I felt like it was disproportionate to, to the offense, if you will. And so the NCAA, on one hand, says that, that players can test the waters, which is essentially just a job interview. And then uh, a player like Yoli Childs decides he's going to do that, and he wants to come back to school, which, which you would think that an educational organization would be all for. And, and he gets hit with a nine-game suspension. Now, I don't know this to be fact, but I've been told by people I trust that there were there – were, folks involved in that decision that wanted him suspended for the year and uh and they they decided and sort of compromised on nine games uh whatever it is i just i i don't look at at child and say okay well there's a guy that that uh had forsaken all that college basketball is about and declared to be a pro um you know all the money was paid back with interest it was part it was not uh you know taking money from a booster or doing something that 
that uh, was violative of the rules. It was just a mistake. And instead of just saying, all right, well, we accept that and, you know, good kid and let's uh, he's back in school and, let, you know, let him play. So he can go to practice. He can do all these different things, but he can't play in games. Just strikes me as, as, uh, as disproportionate to, to something very, very minor and not of any real consequence. And it's just another sort of it's the NCAA again, kind of, and all these are all different committees. It's not the same committee all the time, but it's just sort of them taking aim at their foot and, uh, and shooting and, and hitting it dead in the middle. I wish that we had some kind of consistency, Jay, and understanding like, okay, this penalty is uh, fair for this crime, right? Yet we've had UNC and Arizona and other Blue Bloods get off with what felt like worse things, but not as big uh, punishment. So that, that inconsistency is obviously frustrating. How do you feel about it? Well, there are a couple things. I get the frustrating part on, on inconsistency, but, but I would say inconsi- there, there's a ton of inconsistency just on things that are, that are direct comps. Um, you know, comparing with all, with all respect, comparing Yoli Childs and, and North Carolina are two vastly different things. I mean, the truth is, as, as uh, upsetting as the whole North Carolina case was on the academic side, it didn't violate any NCAA rules. And, and, you know, we may, we may all recoil at what happened there, but it's happened at other schools over the years, maybe not for as long, but it was never, never made an issue by the NCAA because it doesn't violate the rules. Uh, and, and that was, uh, that was just punctuated by the fact that, uh, that the presidents basically told the NCAA all the academic reforms that you're trying to make in the wake of the North Carolina case, uh, we don't want because we don't want you in our curriculum. And uh, so stay out of our curricula. And uh, we don't want we don't want Harvard compared to Memphis, compared to UNLV, compared to UCLA, compared to Duke. We're not doing that. And uh, so they basically said, stay, stay out of it. And so we're going to have the same rules going forward that 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 were, quote unquote, not violated in the North Carolina case. But to me, it's much simpler than that. It's sort of the idea of this strikes fair minded people as being being too much and being wrong. And uh, and so really what the NCAA is saying is uh, if you're going to test the waters, just go, because if you come back, we see so many cases where players come back and they've been ruled ineligible for periods of time. And so the message is clear to any player. If you decide to test the waters, just go, because you're going to get jerked around like nobody's business if you decide to come back. And once you decide to come back, then you're 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 stuck and you really have no ability to fight this. And uh, uh, I think it's a shame. I think it's wrong. And I think the NCAA should be embarrassed. But good luck trying to embarrass them. Uh, they, they certainly don't embarrass easily. ESPN College Basketball Insider and Analyst Jay Billis with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU is obviously a school and a curriculum and program and private institution that values integrity and honesty and being clear. But in both instances where they have essentially opened the doors to the NCAA and said anything and everything to help the case, they've been given the hammer. So (laughs) at what point do we say, hmm, maybe we shouldn't just tell them everything and let them dig and and there's some omission. I I don't know, Jay, how do you feel about all of this? Yeah, I think you're talking about self-reporting there. Um, That's a tough one because I think fair-minded people would say, well, wait a minute, if I have a violation that, you know, like – just for example, uh, I've been driving uh, the last uh, the last few days with the taillight out, 
And uh, am I supposed to go in and turn myself in to the authorities? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, and especially if if you said, well, wait a minute, if I can just fix this and and keep keep going and not worry about it, or or if I if I'm legitimately worried that if I do the right thing and and notify the authorities about this that I've been driving without without a proper taillight, and they decide, well, a year in jail. Well, I'm not gonna, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't turn that in. Maybe I should be smart about it. But the problem is, you know, you have you have people at all these great institutions, BYU among them, that do take their integrity seriously. And I look like, look, even if we get hammered, we have to do this. The problem is that we we take a different look at it. If if somebody said, if there was somebody that said, all right, if uh, if if the only child's violated any NCAA rule. Uh, then the president is going to have a show cause and be suspended for without pay for for a period of months. But then you'd have a lot of yelling and screaming about this. But the players are the ones that always pay the price. And the truth is, and I hate to say this, but it's true, whenever a sanction comes down, uh, whether it was University of Utah, BYU, name all these things, whenever a sanction comes down, uh, vacating wins, whatever, the NCAA likes it, actually, when there's a lot of complaining because they think it hurts. And they think that's a good thing. Um, so, so when the fan base complains that there's a large part of the NCAA that says, "See, this stuff works," they they don't like it. Um, and the truth is, nobody outside of, of BYU cares about this. Um, they're they're not thinking about it. It's a Twitter event. People will vent for a few days, and then they'll be back to business as usual. So, I, I, I take your point, and it's a good one that that it, this is putting fair-minded people in a tough spot to say, "What should I do here?" But with compliance people, there are so many folks involved. Uh, you'd be taking, you know, like the uh, the head coach there, Mark Pope, he'd be taking a bigger risk by uh, by trying to uh, not cover it up, but but not reporting it, because if that were found out, then it would be then then it would be a big deal. Uh, now now it's just the kid paying the price. So Childs pays the price for what? Um, it, it's really maddening for fair-minded people, but. Uh, uh, you know, the folks in Indianapolis, it, they'll say they care, but the truth is they don't. They hide behind the rules and just say, well, if you don't like the rule, then change it. But then when, when you have, when North Carolina, uh, you know, has that academic issue and it doesn't violate the rule, then, then they bring a case anyway, trying to hamstring something because they didn't like the rule. They didn't like the fact that there was no rule. So they try to have it both ways all the time. Jay, it's great to talk to you. We know you're a busy guy. Uh, two notes as we say goodbye. One, get that taillight fixed. And two, I hope the next time we're talking with you, it's about BYU making a return to the NCAA tournament. Well, I hope so, and I hope I'm not incarcerated over this. I just made a, a fatal admission on, on the air here. So I hope, I hope I'm not hunted down by the FBI over this. <laughs> we got your back, man. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Jay Billis on the Deseret First Credit Union Highline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. It's like on the Dan Patrick Show, Peter King got pulled over while he was talking. Um, the NCA, by the way, is the lunch lady who makes the just that doesn't put a lot of effort into it and gives the kids slop and says, I don't care. The more you complain, the better, because I'm just mad and upset and angry. There are a lot of lunch ladies that do a good job. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about <laughs> the annoying ones. Coming up. <laughs> How did Taysom Hill do in his first preseason game at quarterback? And Cougars going for gold in Tokyo. This is BYU Sports Nation.
Back on BYU Sports Nation, a loaded Monday. Shout out to today's guest, Jay Billis, ESPN College Basketball Insider, sounding off on the Yoli Child situation, and BYU football head coach, Kalani Sitake. Goes on demand via the podcast and the apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. The NCAA suspends Yoli Childs for the first nine games of the season due to signing with an agent before filing the necessary paperwork and receiving expenses not permitted by the NCAA. Football. BYU held practice number 10 Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, including a scrimmage. Highlights mentioned from the practice include some physical runs from running back Tyson Williams and deep throws to freshman receiver Keanu Hill. More reaction from uh, BYU football as they continue practice 11 today. We'll have reaction tomorrow when we're granted access again. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill went 8 of 14 with 80 passing yards, a touchdown, six carries for a team high 45 yards Friday night, and the Saints lost to the Vikings. Cougars in the Major League. Taylor Cole threw an inning and two-thirds. Scoreless ball for the win as the Angels beat the Red Sox 12-4. Volleyball. Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and assistant coach Rob Nielsen and Team USA defeated the Netherlands 3-1 yesterday on the final day of Tokyo Volleyball Qualification Pool B to qualify for the Olympics next year. Awesome. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and Team Puerto Rico did not qualify but still have a chance later in the North and Central American qualifier. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair finished tied for 24th at the Portland Open, shooting 11 under for the tournament. Daniel Summerhays did not make the cut. Now for today's rise and shoutouts. Jeremiah, I'm giving mine to the BYU baseball facilities and the staff that run it and make that place look awesome. College Baseball Hub, at C Baseball Hub on Twitter, had a vote for the best college baseball stadium. BYU, your winner, with almost 1.6 million total votes. The Cougars take the championship. An incredible effort. Wow. Field and facilities manager. Yes, yeah. very awesome. And the three Olympic-bound Cougs get mine. Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, Rob Nielsen. Uh, ben Patch probably will make that roster as the backup opposite. T. Sanders, the captain. Rob Nielsen is an assistant coach. There. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. How do you feel about the Yoli Child suspension and the outlook for the upcoming season? At Brett King says it changes everything. It's not to say adjustments won't be made, but losing that kind of firepower is going to make a dent. And BYU will certainly lose games they wouldn't have lost without him. How many is the question? Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Ryan Millar. We'll see you for BYU Sports Nation tomorrow, noon Eastern.